What if living a healthy lifestyle could be simple? What if you had an action plan, coping strategies, and motivational tools to help you move forward? Would you use them? Hello, my listeners, and welcome to the Simply Transform podcast created for those who want to make a change and just need some inspiration and simple steps to get you on your way to that happy, healthy life you so desire. I'm your host, Jen Benson, and I will be bringing you knowledge bombs, simple tools, expert advice, and of course, lots of positive vibes as we navigate our journey through what we call life. Simply transform with me and let's build our futures together. Hey, hey, today we have another special guest, Miss Sandy Vo. She is a meditation teacher who is devoted to serving us on our journey to self-realization. She's the host of Prosperous, the podcast and founder of Prosperous School of Self-Realization. She is also the co-founder of a media brand and network, Ladies Aligned, and she's on the board of SUNY Mindfulness Institute as the mindfulness educator for facility, board, and for students. Through her school, her podcast, her private mentorship, and retreats, she works to help her clients become the most prosperous version of themselves. I can tell you firsthand because I've worked with Sandy both in Ladies Aligned and uh, a private mastermind group that she sure does help you become the most prosperous prosperous version of yourself. Um, Sandy's going to share her story today and also lots of awesome gems about meditation and breath work. But some fun facts that I want to tell you about Sandy is that she lives in the Adirondacks uh, up in New York with her soulmate and fiance, Zach. She's got a little pupson Brody, and she can also be found in a hammock overlooking a mountain on a lake in her leisure time. She makes a mean cup of matcha and requires one belly hurting laugh each day, which I just love. So let us go with the flow and meet Miss Sandy Vo. Welcome to the show, Sandy Vo. I'm excited to have you in your calming Zen energy here. I always love, love your energy. Mm, I'm happy to be here. I love your energy. You're so vibrant and fun and you make everything simple at the same time. Oh, we love simple. (laughs) That was my middle name. I think I would make it my my middle name simple for sure. Yeah, I love it. So I did the um the intro for you already. I already recorded that, but um I wanted to talk more or I wanted you to talk more about what self-realization like how do you help people to a self-realization journey? Like what is that? Oh, that's such a great question. We're going in deep real fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I love. So when I think about self-realization, what I think about is it's pretty much what it sounds, realizing who you are at your core. I think as we move about our day-to-day lives, we have many different roles that we're playing. So, you know, right now I'm talking to Jen, the podcaster, but Jen is also a mom and Jen is also a business owner and we play so many different roles in our lives. So sometimes we feel really stuck in knowing who we are because we identify ourselves with these different roles. When I think about self-realization, I think about the question of who am I without these roles? If, if all of this were to go away right now, could I still be good with myself? Could I still feel at peace? So the self-realization journey is truly a journey where you get to deepen your states of trust with yourself and expand your consciousness in a way where 
your life begins to unfold in very magical and transformative ways. Because truly, like we're constantly in a place of uncertainty. Like there's, I think that this year, 2020 so far has really shown us that, that we never truly can know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. And when we can continue to lean into the unknown and the mysteriousness of what life has to offer, you know, science is finding out new things every day, then in the process, we can realize who we are at our core and the way that we live our lives just feels a lot easier. You feel way more at peace. You feel more calm. You're not controlling things that are out of your control and you just control your own internal states, like your breathing and um, your your thoughts and how you are directing them in your own energy. So when I think about self-realization, that's what comes up for me. And that's the journey that I love to guide people through. And that's, I I just love that. Cause I guess like to me, when you talk about all this, it, it sounds like you're really just like rooted in yourself. So no matter what the environment or circumstance or, um, you know, like you said, things get thrown your way that we're, (laughs) what we're going through now as a world and society and cultures, it's just too crazy to, um, if you don't really know who you are, um, it's hard to get through all of that. So when did you have your like aha moment? When did you realize that you needed to go on this journey? for your own self. Yeah. Well, I think aha moments kind of happened through a a period of, of stages, but you know, for me, it was back in 2012. I remember very vividly, I was sitting in my mom's living room. I was living with my mom at that time. And it was my third year in college. So I was a junior in college and it was December of 2012. And I remember sitting in front of the fireplace and I was reading a bunch of Tony Robbins stuff. And I was planning on making a vision board. So I was cutting out a bunch of different photos and making this vision board. As I'm trying to like piece together photos, this question comes up in my mind of who am I? It just suddenly came up into my awareness. And I remember really sinking into that question and exploring it even further because that question that, that came up of who am I, it led me on this journey. And I don't know if it's something that I read in the magazine that, that might have popped up or something happened in that moment where that question came up. And then whenever I started to ask myself that question, I started to go on this journey. And so during that time, I was competing in, um, or I was getting ready to compete in a bodybuilding competition. And it was going to be June of June 29th of 2013. So I had about six months or so at that time uh, to prepare for this competition. And I knew that in preparing for this competition, that it truly wasn't about what I was going to look like or how I was going to be judged when I got to the stage, but I wanted to commit to something because what most people didn't know at that time is that I was going through a really deep state of depression and anxiety. You know, uh, when I think of depression, it's when we're suppressing all these energies inside of our bodies for such a long time Mm -hmm. that it eventually becomes depressed because it's not being expressed. It's not being expressed in the world. We're not living in our full expression. We're holding ourselves back. And so we start feeling anxious and we start feeling depression. And so people didn't know that. And what the bodybuilding competition did for me was it was helping me to 
identify with my body and be a little bit more grounded in my body. Every time I picked up a weight, every time I worked out, I felt like I was here. Like I felt like I could physically be here. When I didn't have that, I felt like my mind was just scattered all over the place. And so it played a really big role in helping me to just have something to hold on to. And when I um, got onto the stage that year, I remember at that time I had so many, I had thousands of people following my journey on Instagram um, before Instagram became this really big thing, before celebrities were on there. You know, it was just this accidental account that I created to share my journey. And I started attracting people from all over the world. And people watched me go through this journey where I got on stage and I competed and all these things. And it looked so amazing. And that same summer, I had self-published a book on Amazon. I had decided to become a transformation coach because I was doing a lot of coaching through my inbox and just giving my time away for free. And people started to ask how they could work with me. So then I started my business. So all these massive changes started happening outside of me. And I, and I truly thought like, that I made it. I, I have this thought in my mind that I made it like I'm here. I'm a junior and I have my own business before I even graduate out of school. I published a book and I bet you anything from the outside looking in, people probably thought the same thing. Like, wow, this girl's really got her, her life together. She's got to figure it out. And what people didn't know is behind the scenes of it all, I was becoming very manic and I had gone for five days without any sleep and I had uh, really bad insomnia and I started to lose my sense of self and I also started to lose my mind. And I didn't know at that time, but it's when I look back, I was going through my own spiritual awakening and I remember being brought to all these different doctors, uh, a lot of mainstream doctors. And I, even though I didn't have this sense of of self or the sense of being in control of my own mind at that time, there was something that was guiding me to the right place. And I would say no so much when people would try to, or doctors would try to say, you know, you need to go on this medication or this medication. I had to insert my own will and my own intuition and say, no, that's not for me. It, it, I, it's not, it's not going to help me. And I, I denied taking it. And I had a lot of support around me to kind of help me along the way. And so the woman who brought me to all these places is actually my best friend's mom. She eventually brought me to an Ayurvedic doctor because he was a lot more holistic and it was an alternative um, aspect that I, I knew that I was more drawn to. Mm. And she probably knew that as, as well. And so when she brought me to this Ayurvedic doctor, it was the first time that I was sitting in front of a doctor who looked me in the eye and asked me questions and really was present with me for three full hours. And it was wow. the first experience that I had that I didn't have with other you know, mainstream doctors before. And so that day he let me know that I was coming out of a very deep depression. And he says that meditation would probably help me. And so he picked up this brochure and the brochure was the American Meditation Institute. And I kid you not, I had no idea what meditation really was at that time. And I thought that it was something that was only for you know, monks who were living in caves in the Himalayan mountains somewhere. And I didn't think that it was something that was for me, who was this college student slash business owner slash, you know, everyday person living in the modern world. 
And when he showed me this brochure, I was like, this is what I need. I didn't know what it was, but my soul or whatever it was, it led me to believe that that's what I needed. And so I, um, my, my Ayurvedic doctor was on the phone with my conventional doctor and the meditation teacher. And they had this little conference and they said, okay, well, if she really doesn't want to go on medication, let's give her a trial period with meditation and let's see if it actually supports her. And if within the, the three week period, if it doesn't support her, then you're going to have to go on to medication. And I agreed to that. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I met my meditation teacher for the first time and I had never experienced someone know how to direct my energy in the way that he did. I could tell that he really understood my mind and that I wasn't crazy because I kept thinking I was crazy because I was starting to experience all these things. And then my meditation teacher um, invited me to the very first meditation class that I had. And that was the very first time that I experienced this deep, profound sense of peace. And the way that I describe it is this feeling that a lot of us, we don't actually remember, but it's somewhere in, in our memory of being inside of your mother's womb, right? Like if I can imagine being inside of my mother's womb, I can imagine that I'm just floating around. I'm safe. I'm supported. I know that I'm going to be fed. I know that I'm taken care of and I know that I'm protected. And I felt like that same exact feeling. And that's the best way that I could describe it. And so because I had that little glimpse, that moment, that's when I knew that like, this is what I, this is what I'm looking for. It's not more money. It's not more success. It's not all these outer things or or more Instagram followers that are more important. This is what I am after like this feeling, this, this seeking of truth. Um, and so during that time, that's when I decided to delete my Instagram, my social media, my website, everything and commit and devote myself to this spiritual journey. And I did that for about seven months and I became a meditation teacher and, you know, it's led me on the path to where I am today. Wow. What an inspiring journey. I mean, I think like, like you said, you started with having that focus for, for your training for that event or your bodybuilding event. And then that led to so many other avenues, which led you back to your own like spiritual path. And, um, I think like that's, you had this like profound experience. And I think that some people that don't have that or haven't had it yet, they question like the meditation piece of it because they, they think that they have to have some kind of profound experience to get into meditation, or at least like some of my clients do like, Oh, that's not for me. Like I'm not you know, I haven't hit rock bottom or, I, you know, stuff like they, they comment stuff like that. So I guess my question to follow up that is like, how does meditation and breath work make a difference in like day-to-day responsibilities or are people really struggling and just either don't know it or don't want to admit it? Like what, what is it? I am so glad you brought this up because I would never want someone to think that they have to go through extreme states or uh, of pain uh, to get to a place where they will actually start practicing meditation. The reason why sometimes you hear some of these stories and something really profound happens until they actually begin to do something is because that person like myself, we've suppressed the pain for such a long time and we've lived in high states of stress and we've become so used to it that our adrenaline system has completely crashed and it's being 
compensated. And so we then realize that we need help. And then that's when we go to meditation. But in actuality, you don't need to have meditation to have a spiritual awakening. And you also don't need to um, have meditation in order to really know who it is that you are. Like some people are doing it right now without even realizing it. But what I will say about meditation and what I will say about breath work that really makes a difference in day-to-day responsibilities is that it's a self-regulation system. So what meditation really allows a lot of my private clients to do before they even get into deep states of depression or stress or anxiety is it helps them to regulate their nervous system. So I actually just uh, had a private call with one of my one of my clients, and she was going through high states of anxiety before going to bed. And what her practice through the meditation has helped her to do is it's helped her to identify where this was coming from. So meditation is two things. One, it's to help you self-regulate, but two, it's also a system that allows you to re-engineer the programming of your mind. So right now, a lot of us, we have different types of programming. For example, with my story, my programming is that you have to work really, really hard, like almost driving yourself to the ground in order to be successful, in order to make money, in order to be happy. So that was my programming because my parents came from Vietnam and my dad grew up out of, um, he was one out of 12 kids. And so they lived in poverty for a really long time. And so did my mom. My dad would eat rice water and salt for lunch, breakfast, dinner, and or breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And, um, you know, I grew up in America having everything that I had ever wanted to eat and anything that I craved, but that wasn't my dad's, my dad's childhood. And so my programming was exactly adopted from his belief systems. And I started to live in that way and causing stress on my body until I started learning meditation and I got to actually witness what was going on in my mind. So what meditation allows you to do is it allows you to recognize your mind as a program, kind of like your computer operating system, right? Mm -hmm. And you get to detach yourself from your own thoughts. You get to recognize in that moment that I have thoughts, but I am not my thoughts. I have a body, but I am not my body. And when you can disidentify yourself with your thoughts in your body, you immediately feel more free. You feel like you actually have control over your own thinking and over the body and what it does because it's separate of you, because who you are at your core is so much more than that. You are eternal bliss and in consciousness, and you are this expansive life force energy. And so what meditation allows you to do is observe this operating system and you get to see, you get to organize your thoughts. You get to look at, well, where did this come from? What type of programming caused me to behave in the certain ways that I've behaved? So when you, when you can practice meditation and when you, you can do breath work on a day-to-day basis, you're regulating your entire nervous system and you're actually able to make decisions that come from a clear and grounded place. Oftentimes when we're feeling anxious, it's because we're looking for something to control. And generally when we don't have any tools to self-regulate, we start controlling things by biting our nails until it gets to our cuticles or we're just like moving our, our feet up and down and shaking our legs or we are pacing back and forth or we end up getting a panic attack when we lose control of our own breath because we don't believe that we have control. And so mm. 
to answer your question, breath work, where breath work really makes a difference in your day-to-day responsibilities is it allows you to ease your entire nervous system and it gives you something to control. You can control your breath. And Mm. it's the one thing that you can actually control that will play or have a direct result in how you're feeling afterwards because you are literally calming your nervous system by breathing deeply and taking in that inhalation that then allows the oxygen to move through every cell in your body, which literally calms your state down. And you're able to make decisions now that come from a clear and grounded place versus staying stuck in the spiral that continues to spiral out of control when you think that you don't have that control. I hope that answers the question. Yeah, no, very thorough. And I love it because I connect with a lot of what you said said, um, even with talking to my clients, you're right. Like a lot of the big issue when they start talking about what's going on or what their problems are, it's a lot to do with control and how they feel like they don't have it. So like when you really listen to them, it's about, they don't feel like they have a choice, you know? And it's like, well, you understand you have a, a choice with what you put in your mouth or you have a, ch- and so it's just deeper than that. And when, like you said, some of the, when they start meditating, it's just that building of awareness where you're like, Hmm, okay. There's more, there's a little bit more to this. If you really allow yourself to be in that moment and um, reprogram you know, your old operating system and those limiting beliefs. And it's just, um, you know, I mean, it's so um, life-changing. It's just hard, I think, for, well, the, the, the clients that I've met that haven't tried it or they tried it once and said, ah, it doesn't work for me or I can't shut my mind off. It's um, to get them to be open-minded to it. And once they step in, like the people that have stepped in and try it, they, you know, usually take off and love it and and can't be without it. It's part of their daily routine. But um, it's just, for me, I guess, um, that's one of the things that is a little bit harder to recommend or get people to try. Because they, like you said, you think there's just these, like, uh, stereotypes, I guess, around it that you have to be into Buddha and like, you know, go in a Zen garden and you can't talk to anyone. It has to be a silent thing. And you like just, um, and my son's an example of this where he's like, ah, you know, I don't, the lady's voice on that meditation tape. I was like, Luke, you could literally just sit outside in the breeze and silence your mind, like start, you know, and maybe you have some good advice for help, you know, um, sway my clients into because it's it's helped me um a ton and it's just like you want you want to bless other people with that gift or let them know it's out there but the the um selling of it i guess is my hard part um for me so maybe you you know could help me and the listeners like what would you say to somebody who's giving maybe some pushback or isn't super open-minded to it maybe some simple things or some simple ways they could get started or the benefits that would help them right away yeah i would say that if someone really desires to practice meditation but they simply don't know where to start or they keep telling themselves stories that are causing them to not start that practice. The first place that you can start is to really 
understand what your core desires are. If when you sit down and you kind of remove yourself from what other people have wanted for you or what your parents have wanted, what your significant other wants, what your kids want from you, and you just kind of tap into yourself and what you truly want at the end of the day, maybe it's happiness. Maybe it's to be free. Maybe it's to feel more at peace. When you can tune into your core desires first, then it's going to make it easier for you to kind of understand how meditation plays a huge role in that, right? So I know for me, one of my core desires or my core value is to be present and to feel harmonized in everything that I'm doing. And Mm. so I desire to practice meditation because meditation is the engine that allows me to feel more present and it allows me to feel more at peace. And so when my mind tries to make up the story, that tells me not to do it or says, oh, you're way too busy or you don't have time. I know that that's just an old story that I'm telling myself. And instead I can teach myself to think a different way because if I've meditated for just one minute and I, this is how you start off with the meditation. I think oftentimes we also don't start meditation is because we think that it has to be this huge grandiose thing. Like you have to meditate for 20 minutes or 30 minutes. And that's overwhelming to a mind that doesn't know how to be still, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you start off with just 60 seconds at a time, and I would actually uh, love to do that right now, if you feel open to it, I would love to just practice. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So let's just practice this for one minute, just so you can see what you might feel in just 60 seconds. And then I'll continue with the question or the answer to the question after that. So if you can just sit in a comfortable posture, if you're sitting on a chair, go ahead and just sit as a comfortable posture, allowing the head, neck, and trunk to be straight, comfortable, stable at the same time. And then you can rest your hands on your thighs and simply close your eyes if you feel comfortable. And now bring your awareness to where your breath is underneath your nose. When you're inhaling and exhaling, you can kind of feel your breath underneath your nose in the midpoint of your lip area. And if you just bring your focus there and then inhale through the nose and then exhale, inhaling through the nose. Exhale. And all you're doing is you're bringing your full awareness to the air that is flowing in and out in that one midpoint of your lips. And you're bringing your full attention there. You're noticing, you're just observing the breath as it's going in. You might notice some cool air. And then as you exhale, you might notice some warm air. And you're just gonna continue in these cycles of inhalations and exhalations, giving your full present attention to the breath. Almost allowing your thoughts to melt into your breath and noticing how the more you breathe, the more attention you're giving to your breath, the slower your thoughts become. And that was a minute right there. 
So I'd love to hear from from you, Jen, since I can talk to you right now. How does it feel for you for just, you know, breathing for 60 seconds and, and being in meditation? Um, I, I always feel calm when you're <laughs> helping me through meditation. Um, I think calm and relaxed, definitely slower would be, it definitely slows your thoughts. Um, usually when I open my eyes, I, uh, it's like I see clear. There's like clarity, almost like you put on glasses that you knew you couldn't really see clear until you put these glasses on. You're like, wow, that's really clear. Um, and I, especially that happens to me when we do the um, alternate nostril breathing, it's um, the clarity is always there. So I guess those are two things that I notice with just a minute. Yeah. And you see how powerful that is. That was just one minute. So I believe there are 1,440 minutes in a day. I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I uh, did that for uh, a class recently. And if we can just take literally as you're beginning your meditation practice, just one minute a day to experience that feeling. And if you could feel like that all day, wouldn't just having that simple glimpse of it, wouldn't you have the desire to want to do it more? Right. And I know for me that that was a case. I was like, wow, if I could feel that right now and I could feel that all the time, I would want to keep meditating because I want to have that experience. But here's where it becomes challenging is when your old programming kicks in and it says things like, oh no, like you're way too busy. There's no time to meditate. Like, would you, would you, like, would you just want to sit around and, right? And, yeah. and, and your old programming kicks in and your ego is like, oh yeah, you, you, you can't do that. You have all these other things to do. You have kids running around. Like you have, you have clients that you need to take care of or, or whatever, right? And when you can hear your old programming, that's when you kind of get to anchor into your higher self. Your higher self is, or let me just back up. You have three versions of yourself, right? You have your past self, which is your inner child, your current self, which is who you identify as right now, and your higher self, which is the future version of you that has already been through these practices that feels grounded, that feels vibrant and and free. And whenever you get in that place where you notice that old programming kick in, you can call on your higher self and you can literally ask yourself, well, if I fast forward to five years from now and I have been practicing meditation every day, I wonder what kind of a person I would be five years from now. And if I can call on that person to come in right now and literally time travel, it's a thing, right? And I can call on that person right now to help me in this moment right now, then you're old, you're going to start to change your old programming and your old habits are no longer going to be the driver of the bus, but your new habits will then be the ones that will be driving you along the way. Mm -hmm. And so whenever you notice these stories kicking into place, you have the the opportunity and the option to tell yourself a completely different story if it's going to make you feel better and it's also helpful to know that some of the busiest people in the world that have many different companies making so much money they actually spend a lot of their lives making it more simple they spend a lot of their lives practicing things like meditation because that's truly where the gold mine is at the end of the day. It's that feeling of peace and freedom. When you yeah. think about it, why do you work so hard the way that you do? Why do you want to make so much money? 
a lot of people work hard and they want to make more money because they want to have more time freedom and they want to choose what they get to do with their time and their energy. And they literally just want to be more free. And so if that truly is your end goal and you have the ability to feel free right now when you're doing your meditation or your breath work, then doesn't it make you just want to do it more, right? Yeah. And like you said, it's just, you know, it starts off as a practice. It doesn't just, you know, like I remember practicing the breath work when I was doing laundry. I mean, I was doing laundry anyway, or like doing the dishes or, you know, going for my walk or even when you're sick, just like any time I could, I would just try to remember to do that. And and now it kind of um, just comes naturally to me. It's like, uh, you know, when you get stressed or whatever, you just, you have like a coping mechanism and it really does for me anyway, make a huge difference. And it's like, you know, people say like, just breathe. And it's like, no, seriously, <laughs> do it, just do it. Um, but it does take, you know, practice and awareness to continue to do that on a daily basis. So I guess talk to, talk to us about what your daily routine looks like and when do you meditate and how do you fit that in or, you know, what is your, what is your daily routine like and how does that kind of help you thrive? Yeah. So before I get into my daily routine, I want to also kind of speak to the meditation portion. And that is that when it really comes down to it, meditation is just giving your present attention to something. Like if you think about something that you really love to do, like when you think about painting or um, playing some kind of sport that you really love or reading a book that you really love, when you think about those moments where you're doing something that you really love to do, what happens to time? Like you just forget about it, right? And, yeah. and your mind is in a such a present place because you love doing that thing so much and you're so into that moment that time begins to disappear the stresses in your mind begin to disappear and you feel more free well when when it comes down to it that's exactly what meditation is next time you do something that you love i want to invite you to just pay attention to to what your mind is doing in that moment when you love something you you forget about everything else in the world and you're so present so i want to invite you to kind of practice that more and do more of that like do more of things that you love and even when you're doing that you are meditating mm-hmm. um so to speak to my daily routine so I don't want my daily routine to kind of make anyone feel like they need to do this type of routine. I think that it's important to know that your daily routines have to be something that light you up and it's something that you build over time. And it truly is a practice and it's called a practice because I mean, we'll be practicing until the day that we die. Um, But my, my daily routine looks a little something like this every morning. And sometimes it changes because self-care is being self-aware, right? And sometimes I will be aware that I need something or require something to feel a certain way. And I'll choose to do that instead. And I'll use my tools in a different way. So typically when I get up in the morning, first I get up without an alarm. I haven't used an alarm in a really long time. And I trust my body to tell me what time to wake up. So if before I go to bed, I say, okay, body, I want to wake up at 6am in the morning because my intention is XYZ, I will find that I will typically wake up at that time. And you can think about, you know, the the last time that you scheduled 
um, a flight to go to the airport or whatever, and you knew that you had to wake up in a certain time to get to the airport on time, well, if you set your alarm for 5 a.m., typically what you'll find is you will wake up at like 4.54 or something before your alarm even rings, right? And that's because yes. your, body, your body can hear what it is you're, that you're saying and it'll respond to you. And so it's really just deepening that relationship right there the night before. So when I wake up in the morning, I wake up naturally and then I um, go and rinse my face, brush my teeth, um, empty my, my body so that I am creating a non-distracting environment for when I get into my meditation practice. So then I'll go and I'll do some qigong. That's something new that I started practicing. I I did some uh, easy gentle yoga, but I I realized that I really love qigong. It's this beautiful um, movement that you're doing with your hands and you're working through the energies within your, your body. And I really love how that makes me feel. And I love that I'm giving my attention to my body before I go and I sit down in a meditation practice and I ask it to be still. So I'm practicing some Qigong. I'm doing some also very feminine, nurturing, sensual movements at the same time. I do some some exercises to activate my lower chakras, my lower body, and get that going because being in your feminine is a very powerful state. Within every one of us, we have our masculine and our feminine energies. And when we can really tap into that divine feminine nature that is very nurturing, it feels kind of like when you go outside in mother nature, it feels very nurturing. And um, that's the same exact thing that I try to offer to myself in the practice in the morning. And then I will go and sit in my meditation posture. And before I go to actually meditate, there's a few things I'm doing. I'm doing some breathing practices. So Jen, you mentioned alternate nostril breathing. So I'll do that because what that does is it'll, it helps my mind to be more centered and grounded and one pointed. So I'll do the, the Nadi Shona before the actual meditation. And then I'll also do my mantra practice. So there are uh, mala beads that I have that were given to me from my teacher when he initiated me into the tradition or the lineage, the meditation lineage. And then I would just rub on the beans and I repeat my mantra. And then after that, when my mind feels more one-pointed, I'll do some um, clearing for my, my chakra body. So we have a subtle body and we have a physical body. So I'm taking care of my subtle body before my physical body. And then I will sit down and I'll get into my meditation practice. And the great thing about doing these pre practices before the meditation is when you sit down in the meditation, your mind is and your nervous system is already so much at ease that when you go and you sit into meditation, you have very little distractions. Whereas mm-hmm. if you find that if you wake up and you just go and sit down and meditate right away, you might have to work a little bit harder for your mind to be more still and more calm. And so in the meditation practice, I'm observing my mind. I'm observing what's happening kind of as if I was sitting on uh, the ocean shore, watching birds fly above the sky, just with very much non-attachment. And I'm just listening, I'm receiving and I'm not judging myself. And I'm, uh, I'm employing a lot of compassion along the way as well. Not being hard on myself when I have thoughts come up or even when I have distractions come up and just really allowing myself to observe. And, you know, I find that this practice is so helpful to start off the day with, because by the time that I get to my clients and by the time that I get to doing work that, that, that is considered my work, I will just come from a very grounded place and I feel 
overflowing in terms of the energy that I have, that it just makes sense for me to offer it to other people. And I'm not operating from a place of resentment because I'm taking the time to take care of myself and really slow down before the day even begins. So my energy doesn't feel rushed. It doesn't feel like I'm, you know, going from one thing to the next and I get to be so present wherever it is that I'm at. And I will tell you that people pay you money for your presence. People pay you money for your energy. So if you can give them your present attention and you can give them the the highest vibrational energy that you have, that's truly what people are investing in you for at the end of the day, because everything is energy. So I hope that that helps. I know that it was very long winded, but I will tell you that when I first started meditation, my practice was very simple. It was one minute of meditation a day with the alternate nostril breathing beforehand. And um, that's all that I did. That's all that I could afford to do at that time because my energy was just all over the place. But through the practice now, um, it's been seven years, I am at a place where it definitely feels a lot more grounding. Wow. I think you need to teach like all the coaches that were in my health and wellness certification class because so many of them on there were talking about, um, you know, they go from client to client to client to client. And so they, they give themselves like some of them were like, Oh, you know, I give myself five minutes in between. And it's like, wow. I mean, listening to you, the way you get your, like the, the process and the way you get your mind to where it needs to be to really serve your clients is something that I think so many coaches don't do. And me included, there's times where you're running around and you, you have a day of like, okay, today's client day. And you know, it's like 20 minutes in between and you're like, I'll quick grab something to eat. You know, I'll do a quick little exercise, but sometimes it's still very, very rushed. And you, even though you may feel like you're being present for your client, um, it sounds to me just listening to you that, um, we're probably not serving them the best way that we possibly could. There's greater potential there for really being present for your client because there's nothing in, you know, going on on our end of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And and really what it is, your relationship with your client is an energy exchange. Your relationship with anyone is an energy exchange. So when you can take care of your energy and prioritize your energy and set boundaries around what you choose to do to help your energy thrive more, then when you enter a container with another person, whether it's your husband or your kids or your clients, it, you're exchanging your energy with them and they can really feel that. And I know that I've hired some coaches in the past where, you know, it was very rushed and I, and, and they haven't even emptied their, you know, their bowels and they're rushing into the, the session. And, and because I am a client that, that cares, I don't want them to serve me when they're not fully taking care of themselves at the same time. Right. They And I can tell that their nervous system is really, really high up there and it affects the way that, that our session is, right? And it's actually taught me a lot to make sure that I'm practicing what I preach or I'm walking my talk because it's so important that the people who receive our energy on the other end is receiving the the most vibrant energy that they can and even when you know i'm not saying that you're never going to have tough days or like your energy is always going to be amazing but what i'm saying is when you practice the meditation and the breath work and do things to prioritize your energy beforehand then your interaction with the person that's in front of you is going to look a lot different and they're going to be able to feel it Mm -hmm. yeah you're so right you're so right 
and like listening to you say that and just kind of having flashbacks of conversations I've had with other coaches that that have talked exactly, you know, about that, not even realizing like, you know, I just got done with this other client. And like you said, the energy is heavy. It's still there. It hasn't cleared and you're moving on to the next client. And it's like, it just builds up and you're exhausted by the end of the day. (laughs) You know, it's like, that's why having the alternate, even if you just had five minutes in between each client, having the alternate nostril breathing as a technique or tool, a modality that you use in between hand, Nadi Shona in itself means purifying your channel. So what you're doing is you're purifying the energetic body before your actual physical body. And when you do that, your, your, your being is a little bit more lighter because you are collecting a lot of other people's energies if you're not knowing how to then convert that energy to give it a place to go, right? Because Albert right. Einstein says energy cannot be created mm-hmm. or destroyed, but it can be changed from one form to another. And so all we're doing in our meditation practice is we're changing energy from one form to another. And it's the same way when it comes to money. You go into work, you do your thing, and then you get a paycheck at the end of the week. Your hard work and energy has transformed into physical money that then Mm -hmm. goes into your bank account that changes forms in all these other different ways. So it's like at the end of the day, your energy is your number one highest priority. And when you can treat your energy as the highest asset that you have more than money, then money will naturally flow to you too. And you make it so simple. I just love it. I love hearing you just simplify it. (laughs) So Sandy, name or give us three actions um, that someone could take today to help them prosper. I love this so much because I am all about integration, right? Because I think Mm -hmm. that podcast all day until your face turns blue. But if you're not integrating, then, then your life isn't going to actually change. So one thing that you can do right away is to start practicing that one minute meditation. And if that feels even complicated for you, I want to invite you to go back into doing the things that you love and just give yourself 20 minutes of doing that a day. So whether you are someone that loves to paint or that loves to ride a bike or rollerblade or just spend more time out in nature, what would your life look like if you could integrate that every single day and just do it 20 minutes at a time. And then once you get comfortable with that and you start feeling the sense of inner bliss and peace, then you can start activating the one minute meditation every single day. So you're just building layers upon layers until it gets comfortable. It's kind of like when you're working out, right? You don't start off by saying, I'm going to go to the gym and pick up a 50 pound dumbbell and grow some biceps, right? You're going to say, I'm going to go to the gym and pick up a two pound dumbbell and start practicing some reps with that until I get really comfortable. And then I'm going to go to 10 pounds and I'm going to go to 15 pounds. So that's exactly what you're doing when you're building up your meditation practice. So start with just one minute a day so you can get really comfortable. And then the last thing is to do some um, deeper breathing. So in between, you know, sessions with clients or in between your, your work, when you're noticing that your energy is starting to feel a little bit tanked, or when you feel like you're kind of um, running like a hamster inside of a wheel, when you start noticing your mind doing that, pause and just breathe really just breathe, inhale and exhale and really pay attention to your breath as it's moving through your body. Our breath is so close to us that we sometimes forget that it's the most valuable thing that we have. And it's what keeps us alive. And when you think about your breath in that way, then you can truly see it for what it is. Your breath is your life force. 
And so when you're breathing, really imagine your life force flowing through you, giving you power, giving you energy, giving you the sense of liveliness that you wouldn't have if you didn't have it. So just breathing deeply is really going to help. And if you do those three things every single day, you will feel happier. You will feel transformed. You will feel like you are a more grounded and centered person. Even if it feels like a tornado outside of you, you get to be the eye in the center of the storm. Mm, Okay. So one minute meditation, 20 minutes of joy or something that you love and deep breathing, really paying attention to the breath. I love yep. it. Really simple. Easy. Thing. Simple. <laughs> Who can't do that, Sandy? Come on. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so tell us, tell the people where they can find you and what your specialty is and how you can help because we need you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on my Instagram. It's at I Sandy Bo. It's where I love to spend my time in the digital space. Um, and if you send me a DM, I am also, I love having conversations in there and just just really, I've built so many great relationships from there. I actually met my fiance through the DMs and Instagram. So um, I, I, take it, I take it with, uh, with a lot of heart. I know that there are real human beings on the other side. So Instagram, and then you can find me on my website, sandybow.com. You can also listen to my podcast, which is called Prosperous. And um, that's going to be on Apple's and Spotify. And then I also have a school called Prosperous School of Self-Realization. And I enroll 25 new students every quarter. So it's a very, very transformative experience. I'm actually just in the first week and I got off the phone with one of my, one of my clients and she shared how she got off of that call just crying because she felt so safe and so supported as she was going through her own self-realization journey so those are all the places that you can find me and we can spend some time together and i can hear you smiling about that sandy i I can can see it i just love how i can hear you smiling you're the best well thank you yes i can hear it you are so passionate i just Mm -hmm. i just love it so thank you so much for being on i'm sure that people will reach out because we need you in our lives for sure. And um, I just, I love talking to you. You're just a breath of fresh air. So thanks for being on and being a part of the show. Thank you so much for having me. And I want to acknowledge you and this platform that you're creating because it's so important and your message and what you're sharing and how you're sharing it. I think people really need to know that transformation starts with those very simple, simple steps that you do every day and long-term success happens in daily decisions that we're making. And I feel like your podcast is just making it easier for people to do that. So I appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I am beyond grateful for you, my listener, for being open and willing to start making changes in your life today. It is my mission to help us all find what it takes to live the healthy lives we truly desire. Please visit me at jenbenson.com, two N's in Jen, to say hello. I would be honored to hear from you and be able to support you in your journey. Lots of love.